You're listening to the Board Game Nexus podcast. Oh, oh it's like, like a cosmic rebirth. <laughs> Welcome to the Board Game Nexus podcast, a podcast about all things board game related, where we talk about both Euro and Amerithrush games. Episode 3. Okay, and welcome to the Board Game Nexus podcast. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely girlfriend, Rachel. Okay, so we've got some uh, guests today from our board game group. Uh, say hello to Bastian, to my left. Hello, everyone. And Ian. Hi, everyone. Okay, cool. So we're uh, all excited to go to the UK Games Expo. Uh, we've actually been for the past, how many, how many years now? This will be the third year, I think, we've been. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we'll... we'll, uh, we'll uh, tell you a little bit about what games we're anticipating and things like that a little later on, but... Over the past few days, we've been uh, having a go at a new game that's just been nominated, The Spiel de Jar, and that's King Domino. So, what are your thoughts on King Domino? Well, it's my first time playing, obviously. Um, and, I mean, I knew very little about it before coming in. Um, and, I, I mean, I really liked it. I think it's a small little game. You can teach it within about... Under 10 minutes, really. Maybe, mm. maybe even five minutes to some people. Um, and you play it within 10 minutes. And when you finish, you say, oh, I can do better. I want to play it again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really I really like that about it. Yeah, yeah. It's really got that aspect of... Uh, it's very Moorish, isn't it? It's a very Moorish game. Um, so uh, what did you guys think? It was your first time playing it. Oh, no, it wasn't. You've played it before. No, I've played it many times. <laughs> yeah, I've played it before. So... Um, did you feel that the strategies changed? There's the much re- replayability there. Did you think, okay, well, um, I've tried, you know, kind of uh, this strategy. I'm going to try something else. And was there, was there that element of replay- re- replayability there? Yeah, I think there's a replay- replayability because it's all random. Yeah, you've got the same tiles. That doesn't change. But the order they come out changes every game. So you've got infinite replayability mm. um, yeah you can try different strategies you can go and revisit the same strategies it depends on who you're playing against mm. I mean if you start trying to do one strategy and somebody else starts doing it who's going to be quicker to try and get the upper hand in that or quicker to change mm. did you really think there was infinite amount of replayability I mean sh- surely there's not that many strategies in it being such a simple game what do you think? No, there's not there's not many strategies to play with. It's, but it's different every but time. But it's different every time you play it because mm. you've got the randomness of the. And then there's the modifying things in the, in the box. There, there there's various other things that you can add on if you get build with with just the base game. You can be thinking about bonus points for various other things. Um. Yeah, I was listening to. Um, some kind of podcast I was podcast or kind of a board game uh, YouTube channel episode and they were they were talking about variants and not being a fan of variants and um, I know Jamie Stagby was saying a bit, little bit about, about variants you know the designer of Scythe um, and he was saying how much he disliked variants it's like kind of go with the best version of the game 
rather than countless variants in the end. And like, okay, you can play it this way, you can play it that way, or if you have this many people, you can play it like this, you know. And he was saying, well, okay, just pick how you want the game to play and write the rules accordingly. <laughs> yeah, I, quite, I kind of agree with that. I mean, they spent probably hundreds of hours, maybe thousands of hours together before the game was released. They know how to play this. Now, they may have some preferences amongst mm. the like, kind of the player that play the most, and and they may not go with what most of the group prefer, but I mean, it doesn't stop us as players to mm. come up with our own variant. I mean, there's a game I used to play a lot with my friends because that's the only thing they knew and they loved it. That was Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, we must have played it with, with these two particular friends over 300 times. Mm. Um, mm. And we never played with the um, development cards ever. Mm. So mm. there was a no longest road, no largest army. Um, none of this. To and that's be fair, just other people in our group also don't play with those variants yeah. with, with, without those two the, with the development cards. Yeah, so and I, I think, think that's quite fine. a common thing. Yeah, that's totally fine. I think people just came up with their own variant and just play that uh, as long as they all agree with this. But yes, having, I mean, sometimes it's four pages of variants. Mm. You don't even know where to pick. Yeah. You don't know the game, yeah. and you have to that's pick. I mean, which variant to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's just confusing, I think. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's one, one or two, uh, then that's one thing. But if you've got a whole page or two pages sometimes full of variants, it becomes a little bit a little bit absurd. But anyway, I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was just on the variant subject. I mean, I, um, a few months back, acquired Robinson Crusoe. Mm. And so I played solo to learn the rules. So I had to learn all of the rules. And because I was by myself, I had to then learn the solo variant mm, on top. I mean, there's mm, not mm. much, but I'm guessing for some games it might mm. be a whole lot of extra rules. Yeah. And then yeah. you go on to teaching it mm. and suddenly you have to remember to forget those rules and get confusing. Yeah. Um, mm. So, I mean, for solo games especially, I think it would be nice if you could play the same for the players and mm. maybe have some sort of automata that has their own rules maybe, yeah. but the players should be playing the same way, I think. What about... Um, these games that have um, kind of uh, a set of rules to ease players into it, you know, so you've got like a kind of trial run and, and it like misses a lot of the game out and then like, kind of, okay, once you do that, once you've played one game, then introduce this. Then on your third game, introduce this. By your tenth game, you've got the full game. It's all right if it doesn't feel like it's a like, tutorial. Yeah. If it feels like a tutorial, then no. But the thing is, people haven't got enough time to play the game that many times a lot of the time. I've got like 200 games in my collection, you know. I just want to get straight to the game. I don't want like a, a basic, like bare bones version of the game. Because what if I don't like the bare bones version? And then with all the rules together... It becomes a great experience, but I'm missing all those great rules, so I won't go back to it. You know, I think I'm always a bit dubious of that method. You know, I think I think that's where the variants come in. Um, playing a game without any of the variants, easier, basic, down to the bones. But then, when you've got more experience or more experienced players that are used to playing it, then you maybe you can add a variant in or two, depending on what the game game you're playing. I mean, mm. with King Domino. Um, one of the variants is you obviously got to make a 5x5 five five board you score extra points mm. if your starting castle yeah. is in the middle and I know we're picking on King Domino but the variants in King Domino aren't too bad Definitely I don't think small. they're as bad as other games I mean in fact they're, they're fine but 
and we, we go over the top a little bit <laughs> yeah, there. We do. But, you know, <coughs> variants can be a nuisance when it's a more complex game. You've got drastically but different this, rule sets. It's light this is a very light, so... Yeah, but of course, the lighter the game, the lighter the variants mm. you're going to get mm. when yeah. you've got yeah, a, a heavy game. Of course, chances are your variants are going to be heavier mm. because the game's heavier in the first place. So, what do you think of this being a Spiel de Jour nominee? Um, do you think it's worthy of being in the family category? I mean, it's a very light game. Why is it? Why is it not in the children's category? Um, I mean, it's yeah. It's I can see why people think it might be a children game because, I mean, my five-year-old would probably he can play domino. He's got some mm. kid, kid, you know, children domino with just color base and animal shapes yeah. and this sort of thing. So yes, he would be able to lay the tiles down easily. Uh, all he has to do is make sure that one matches. Um, but there's a lot more to that, really. Not only you want them to match, but you have a space constraint. Mm. Um, and also you need to have those little crowns to be able to score. Yeah. Um, and you have a choice of four tiles so you know which ones you can place but how can you you have to have kind of the, the mental representation of where you can place them to score the most of uh, points I mean kids are quite competitive yeah uh, <laughs> they don't really see the, like, you know, the way to victory it might be mm. a bit difficult I mean my, my boy is only, he's only five mm. Um, mm. so he's, he's way too young for this game yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think yeah maybe from eight onwards it'd be fine I think the the visual aspect. I mean, the aesthetics in the game are quite quite pleasant. You know, they're quite uh, um, functional, but you know, very uh, very immersive uh, for an abstract game. For, for, an for abstract a light game, little yeah. game, yeah. So I mean, you've got little tiles on there with like shadows of a dragon over a field, which aren't functional. You know, you you. Um, <laughs> He said, okay, what does the dragon do? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. The dragon does nothing. Just it's just cool. there. <laughs> it's because of Being the, a dragon. It's because of the other game we're going to talk about later. I, thought, I, I saw the dragon and yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, it must do something. Yeah. But, but you've got little nice, nice touches on there. I, and maybe it's just... They thought, okay, because you, it's virtually multiplayer solitaire, you know, you're looking at your little tableau and it's something to just pass the time. You're looking at a little wizard in a swamp <laughs> with his little table doing his little magic-y things, you know, and you've got the little dragon on the sheep field scaring all the sheep and stuff. And then I guess you... it might be more for the, for the children they can, because yeah. they will tend to look at these sort of details a yeah, lot more than true. we will as adults. Oh, would you... Would... Uh, speak for yourself uh, like, I love that shit yeah I, mean, yeah, as I play the game I will see it maybe as I unbox it yeah, I yeah, the yeah, but then as a, yeah. a, a as a player I yeah. probably won't see it as much when mm. children will just say oh look at this look at this yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big draw it's one of those it? rare things where you look at the age range and the time estimate on the box and it's accurate for both of those yes. things Mostly you can get this done in 10 minutes. lie about the time on the box, and this doesn't. <laughs> and they lie about the age range sometimes, and this doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's very good point, yes. That's one of, one of our big points of disdain with board games, is the playtime uh, and how much it lies. But this one, I think, is pretty accurate. Lie, 10, accurate. 10 to 15 minutes, would you say? Maybe that's one of the reasons why it's on the list as a nominee because it's accurate. <laughs> yeah, for that sole reason. Yeah, the one game in board game history that doesn't lie about the running time, Spiel des Jahres nominee. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just that, but the, the name itself. I mean, you read the name out, you can kind of guess what you have to do. Yeah, uh, you know what the game is about. I love, I, I like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, some some 
friends talk about games. Oh, have you heard about that? No, and I have absolutely no idea, and I can't guess by the name at yeah. all of what it is. This is quite nice. Oh, King Domino, okay. Yeah. Kingdom Domino. I, I like that. I think that helps. Yeah, that's um, true. Making that's the true. game kind of likeable. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, I, I mean, the, my only reservations about it being, you know, nominated for the family categories, because it is very light, isn't it? And, you know, maybe there's not enough meat on the bones, but do you think it's a game that, like, families and adults can enjoy? Is that what you're saying, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Kids can, kids, as Bastian was saying, kids can pick it, pick it up and play it and have fun playing it. And you don't feel it's too light for adults at all? No, because, because the older you are, you know, your teenagers, your adults, that can start seeing the strategies and play more to a strategy than just picking a tile and trying to put it onto the rest of them what they've got. Hmm. That can plan ahead. Um, whereas you, younger children probably might not be able to as much. So it does though cover all like, all age ranges hmm. because you've got, well yeah, pick a tile try and fit it to what you've got pick a tile if I've got that one I'll go I'll then wait next term it comes up there might be one that complements that mm. which makes me then start scoring a bit higher mm. so you've got strategies for that so I think yeah it covers all over ages it's, it's a very inoffensive game isn't it I mean it's not it doesn't really it doesn't really generate fireworks you know it doesn't wear you when you play it but I can see that it, there's a lot of kind of um, there's a lot of mileage there maybe for families so yeah yeah maybe a good choice. See, I don't I don't see that game. I don't see a group of eight years old mm. picking up this game and say let's play it. I think they they need the support of an adult uh, just mm. maybe for the point scoring at the end, which requires some not extreme math skills, but you have to be able to remember that you already had twenty four. True. then start adding the next group of tile and that might be a seven 24 and seven. Oh, well kids yeah. have got phones now they just pick yeah, up a calculator it's not <laughs> that's true um, and the whole kind of sliding of the tiles and, and there's a little bit of dexterity needed mm -hmm. here and, and, and maybe the <clears throat> children like if we, if we look at the eight years old really because that's where it starts from doesn't it that might true. be kind of, I mean I'm not too familiar with eight years old mm -hmm. I'm not too sure if, if they'd be able to do that kind of smoothly and very well and order mm. the time uh, kind of quickly mm. so I think it kind of requires an adult to be there to play and would they play with them yeah probably mm. I think mm. they'd want to play um, mm. so yeah I think it's the right category right and it's a nice game and it, the fact that it's, it fills that 10 to 15 minute gap mm. is really useful as a filler game because it's so easy to teach as well mm. I'm thinking yes small box only takes 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> Easy to teach. I can bring this on holiday. I can teach this to my mom, and she will enjoy playing it. It will be yeah. amazing. I'm mm. looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely fills a niche. Cool. So, do you, would you say that Board Game Nexus recommends King Domino? Yeah, yeah. I think I would. Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, cool. yeah. it's a really yeah. good cool. game. Or even have a small filler game, yeah. um, something that you can teach in five minutes, play in ten, um, and people will enjoy it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's a pretty good, pretty probably, good choice. Probably the biggest problem with it is you teach teach somebody to play it in five minutes. You then play a game for ten minutes. And you want to play you've got five, you've got five minutes left before you have to start packing up to leave. <laughs> True, <yeah>. etc. <laughs> but everybody's sitting around the table. Saying, I want to play another one. I want to yeah. play another one. Yeah. I want to play again. Yeah, it's quite addictive, isn't it? <laughs> 
Okay, um, well, just just before we move on, I just want to speak about the spilled jar. Um, in the um, advanced category of spilled jar, it's Kenner spill, I think. The Kenner spilled jar. We've got uh, there's terraforming Mars, and I can't remember the other two, but there are certain uh, games that were absolutely I thought were brilliant and 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 like kind of would absolutely be nominated for the Kenner spilled jar this year, which weren't. I mean, where's Inish? <laughs> Where is Inish? Inish is an amazing game, you know. Um, the, the, I mean, they're just like the, there. There are games there that I feel. Where's Great Western Trail? I can't imagine how hard it must be for them to choose to try and get it down to what is it three choices though. Mm. The, there's just so much good stuff out there. It must be so hard for them to to whittle it down to three. Yeah. So. Um, what were you going to say? So I'm, I'm not familiar with the Kenner spiel this year and kind of the criteria. Mm. Um, but yeah, there are hundreds of games out there mm. and people with hundreds of different tastes. Uh, and I don't know how many people like, can decide these sort of mm. things. Yeah. How who, who actually, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people will be disappointed, but also a lot of people will be kind of, oh yeah, that should definitely be on there. It's just one of those. Is is it three nominees? I think it's. Mm. it's I think it's only yeah, three. three out of it just. It, it didn't seem. The my only reservations is it didn't seem. Um, it didn't seem to kind of match up to uh, what was you know the hype being generated by other games and what like the community was uh, critically acclaiming. You know, it didn't okay. really match up to those uh, Some parameters. Some of it might be the fact it's a, it, it's a German-based award, isn't it? Mm. So maybe uh, what we over here as a British audience are really into, I imagine quite a lot of the panel voting for these things are based in Germany, and they, they might be, uh, you know, a I different, different type of... This is American... Uh, yeah, no, I mean that the, the, what is popular over there might be yeah. different. Jacob Frixilius, I think his name is, the, the designer. Which, by the way, brilliant first-time design, Terraforming Mars. And uh, Terraforming Mars is a great game. That should be definitely in the advanced yes. category. Uh, it's a great game. Great game. Hope Point, it wins. So. Hope it wins. <laughs> okay. So I want to move on to um, the next game we played, our next review. And that is The Big G. this is a colossal game it's absolutely its weight is enormous quite literally it's probably the biggest heaviest game I own Um, but not only that it's um, it's a game that is I come I come from uh, my board game roots uh, stem from Hero Quest now I played Hero Quest with my brothers my family and we got, we had, we were so invested in that game. It gave us so much joy, uh, building up our characters, going through the campaign, um, you know. And we just felt that we were exploring this world. You know, it was so immersive. There was so much thematic kind of like, uh, and um, I've tried to kind of recapture that feeling, rekindle that feeling I had as a kid. Um, with uh, Hero so Quest. So many dungeon crawlers. <laughs> and I've been through them all, you know, Descent, Shadows of Brimstone, you know, you name them, I've, I've been through them. And none has really captured, rekindled that feeling I felt as, as a child playing Hero Quest. No. Um, until now. 
so I would say that Gloomhaven is the, the successor to Hero Quest that I've been after in my holy grail of dungeon crawls. It is absolutely brilliant. It's the we, definitive now. We had a, a game the other day, didn't we? Um, and uh, we've uh, one of the great things about the game, which a lot of people bring up, is uh, it's not. It doesn't just follow uh, standard fantasy tropes. You know, the the world's very unique. The world of Gloomhaven. We've got different characters in. We've got uh, the weird little mind thief guy. Uh, very strange, weird character. We've got the Inux, you know, we've got the Tinkerer with all these little kind of contraptions and healing people in the background and you've got the Scoundrel. And, but they don't, <laughs> they don't follow fantasy tropes, do they? It's, they're very unique characters. So, um, we, uh, we had our first scenario as a group. By the way, our name, our group is, board, is uh, Team Nexus, obviously. Uh, so, what was everyone's thoughts on Gloomhaven? Well, I come. So I'm, so I'm going to start. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I come from <laughs> okay, completely <laughs> different, completely different world. Yeah. I, I really started. I mean, the first modern board game I think that I played was again Settlers of Catan, which I mentioned before. Um, but then, so I played one game of that, and I really enjoyed. It, it was so different from everything I knew. Because I, as a child, I loved playing board games. Monopoly, guess who, all of mm, the standards that we all yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I loved that kind of sit down together, yeah, play a game, great. and have a laugh. And then I played this, which is drastically different from really everything mm. else. And I loved it. Oh. It was fantastic. The trading with the characters, yeah, the characters, yeah. the other person, yeah, um, yeah. the real interaction, social interaction. That is and, true interaction, isn't you know, it? Um, and the fact that prices vary and people are. Well, no, last time you didn't trade with me, so even though you'll help me, I'm not going to trade with you these times. It's a lot of little kind of mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't play that for, for a long time, but so a few years later, then that's why I knew kind of Euro games. Mm -hmm. So I come mm -hmm. from, and that's that's what I played. Set the lives No, just Euro games, Euro really. Yeah, so I come yeah. from a very Euro-y mm -hmm. background, and I've never been through a dungeon crawler right, yeah. ever. Because Euros um, are generally your bag, aren't they? You don't... Tend That's to go for the dice chuckers, to the thematic games. Yeah, I think. Even they, you do, you do enjoy the others, didn't you? Well, that's the thing. Well, basically, I've started playing like miniature games, yeah, or these sort of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, with you. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay, cool, cool. And I've kind of discovered a new world, and with Gloomhaven, which what I really like is is extremely thematic, and I love mm. thematic games. which yeah. is quite difficult sometimes in new mm. games. Mm. But also, there's also kind of this engine within your deck that you're trying to build, which is kind of Euro-EFI, mm, trying to find definitely. the right combo of cards that will work together and you've got to select one action from the bottom half, one action from the top half mm. out of those potentially 10 cards if you start with. Yeah. And there is a little bit of engine here which is where I come from. That's yeah. where I find kind of the, oh, I've got to scratch my head a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But at the same time, there's the whole story which I just love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really enjoy the game. Overall, it's it's really. great, isn't it? And and the the AI is so simple but so effective because every time you go through, I mean, it's technically a legacy game uh, because you go through and you have to stick stickers. You don't need you. I've I've, I've put um put an order on for the uh, replace uh, replaceable stickers. You know where you can take the stickers You're off and put them back on. Reusable. Yeah. That's what. Um, but it's uh, it's just a great little game. I mean, there's so it's much to little. do. It's not little. There's nothing little about it, Ryan. <laughs> nothing. Uh, so what were you, what what did you think about it? What were your first thoughts when you kind of entered the world of Gloomhaven? 
I liked it. I mean, um, I read a lot of books, and a lot of the books I tend to read are science fiction, fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, Dragonlance. I mean, it's a board game, but he started life as books. Mm. Yeah, me too. And I love computer fantasy. games, yeah. and then into the board games. So I, I, I can look at it from from that standpoint, and the fact that they've actually taken the time to give each character that you play as mm. a backstory. They might not name him, but they leave that to you. If you want to name the character, you can name him because you're going to be playing with him for a while. Because you 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 play with him, you upgrade him, you increase his experience, and then he retires or dies. Mm, mm, so mm. you'd end up having to start another one. Mm. But it gives you that experience of somewhere to start from because you've got a backstory to him. You can give him, you can, in your own head if you want to, give him a personality. The bad guys you come up against, yeah, they're generic, but the bosses, they've got names. So, you, you know, it, it, it's not nameless. Yeah. I, I... And, and they've invested a lot into it, mm, and yeah. I think it shows. Yeah, we, we didn't actually do the road and the city uh, cards, but in the game, what you do is, um, every time you travel to a scenario, uh, by the way, it really gives me the feel of Skyrim, you know, where you're exploring the game, and you've got this map, which is, the, the map doesn't need to be there. Really at all, it really doesn't need to be. <laughs> look there. at it once yeah. at the start. And yeah, that's yeah. It. it's like okay. It gives you an idea geographically yeah. how far you've travelled. It's a nice little immersive touch, but it doesn't need to be there anyway. But you've got like a few stickers on there for the first two scenarios, and then um, you can just imagine what it would be. F you know, what kind of um, wonders await you? You know, and like what little uh, what what's waiting in each nook and cranny on the and it's it's the same feeling I felt when I first read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when I was a kid. You know, you open the book, first thing you see is a map, isn't it? And you just when as you're going through the story, you're looking and you're wondering where am I on the map? You know, like kind of, and you're following the little map, and it's such a, a simple but immersive uh, tool. It just kind of paints the world that much more vividly. But you don't have four pages of text about what a mountain looks like in a Tolkien <laughs> well, book. Yeah. So it's better <laughs> from, the, from that aspect. Arguably. So um, the, one of the aspects of Gloomhaven I really liked is uh, talking about replayability. Um, technically, it's a legacy game. You know, you've got to put stickers on, you progress through the... But there's nothing stopping you kind of replaying scenarios. I mean, you could, the, the scenario we did last time... We could go through that, it will be a completely different experience because the AI is not pre-programmed, it's completely random. And it works so well, it's so simple yet effective, I feel. You know, um, you've got the monster there. And, and by the way, the monster app is is a must it's a if you're playing this game. I haven't played without and played with, it's a must. You can only, I mean, you, you haven't played with the cards, we have, but <laughs> I, I can have. tell you... So much real estate that's saved with the app. You it's know, so like. much smoother and it really saves some time. Yeah. It's definitely worth playing with the app. Having played without, play with the app. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I can see also kind of because it saves kind of a little bit of table space as well. There's extra decks which are not needed. There's only there's only well four of us. A fairly large table and there's just no space. Um, so I think on that for that aspect as well, the app is quite nice. Mm. Yeah, um, one of the thing, one of the mechanisms that I really enjoyed in the game is um, 
every character, every character is asymmetrical, uh, asymmetric, and I like that to begin with. But it, it feels, um, it, it feels like all the characters complemented each other. I, I have a feeling that um, Isaac Childress, the designer. Um, had like kind of playtested it to such a degree that every single combination of characters I feel would be a viable combination and um, possible to win the game with, you know. I, 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 I feel think some that. might be more challenging than mm, others, but mm. it, it, I think they all will work to some extent. So what what were our characters? So I was the scoundrel, uh, and uh, the scoundrel is very powerful. It's like an assassin, and I always go for the rogue type character with the bow and arrow. You know, like kind of, kind of picking people off and stuff, and then. So my strength was, I have to get uh, enemies by themselves, or I have to get them near allies or myself near allies, and it's all to do with positioning. So all my strategy was based around, okay, I've got to guess what people feel for what people are going to do this round, you know. And there's a, there's there's some information you can say, oh, I'm going to go early or like kind of just before mid round you can't be specific with and there is there is a variant talking going back to variants oh no there is a very a perfect information variant where you can actually give the number but the difficult will go up the difficulty goes up okay. as a result um but i don't want to do that i think it's great as it is you well know. it's all it's kind of story driven thematic and if thematically it makes sense though Mm. You can't say, yeah. oh, I'm going to go before you. You don't really yeah. know what's going to oh, happen in oh, real life. <laughs> oh, yeah, that monster is not going to move. Uh, yeah. It's exactly. going to move at 53, so you go at 52. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah it just it becomes a kind of number cruncher and just how do we win. Yeah, uh, it sucks. A bit. I, I would imagine it sucks a bit of the fun out. But uh, talking about the, uh, the core mechanism of the game is this... Um, engine building of the card so everyone every character has a set number of decks so i think mine had nine yours in had ten yeah i had ten yeah and um you play two cards they go to discards and by the time you've got and then you've got i've got seven cards left play another two got five cards left play another two got three cards left etc when you can't play two cards you need to rest so there's a, a lot of strategy in okay i need to rest this round so maybe pull back or ask someone like the tank to go forward <laughs> soak up all the damage while everyone's resting yeah. up which I think yeah that would have been me <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I played a, the mine thief which is um, kind of um, just I can't remember the exact name um, they're basically kind of little rat creature they like to live in, in groups and this does it have a name I can't, just, uh, I can't Vermling. remember Vermling that's, that's it, right yeah. Vermling yeah. Um, I think they come up as enemies later on, yeah. and the Enixes yeah. come up as enemies as well. Yeah. So you've got like a good verming and Possibly. a good Enix. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but what, what I can't do, as instead of kind of having to get someone else to go in, I can myself go in, stun the enemy, pull back, I could potentially go invisible, and all of these sort of things, and kind of try to be more independent no need someone to mm. kind of attack but it's kind of how it plays a little bit yeah. sneaky i find mm. well we'll just yeah go in i will poison you and then i'll pull back out <laughs> invisible rest um and it's really kind of interesting how different it is compared to like a brute yeah. tank which yeah. you just go in and smash it with well i don't know how you found it you were the tank one you again. yeah i played the an inox brute yeah <laughs> basically he's got slightly more health than everybody else He's also got more cards than everybody else. Um, so he can soak up more damage. Um, he's basically he's a tank. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, 
you, you move forward, you hit them, <laughs> and you just stay there. They'll hit you the next, when, yeah, it's, yeah. when it's their go. And then you'll just say, yeah, thanks very much. Brush yourself off and then hit them again yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's your next go. And so, sort of, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, a bit harder to do when it's the uh, the bosses, but that's what a team team works for. You yeah. need teamwork to mm. get oh, get at the bosses. Yeah. You can't mm. just have one character doing all of the everything. No, I don't, I don't think we should give spoilers about our scenario. But there was a mechanism in it where the, I, I'm going to be non-specific here. The boss that we fought, uh, there was a time limit, and he was. Releasing things, you know, <laughs> and we needed to take him out at just the right time. Now, we the 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 health that he had was obscene, obscene amount of health. Considering thought, the level of our character, yeah. and we surely, thought yeah. there is no chance in hell we're going to do this. Um, and then I pull off this. <laughs> you got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So lucky. No, but here's the thing. I'd I'd like kind of set everything up. Right, and I thought, okay, I've got to set everything up, and it was a one chance thing because everything that was set up, I was going to lose, mm. and so I'd set everything up, set all the engines up. I think I didn't get the complete maximum that I could have got with the combos, but it was close to the maximum, so it took a massive chunk of his health, mm. and and then we were back in the game, and then everyone had right. confidence, like, yeah. like we can take this that's dude, it. he's yeah, only got health, health left, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned losing because the, the cards obviously you use them, then they get discarded. But they have sub cards have kind of stronger ability on one of the kind of top half or bottom half. Yeah. Um, but this stronger ability, I mean, they're significantly stronger. Yeah. However, if you play those, they don't get discarded. The cards get kind of lost. Mm -hmm. So you have to play those as well with yeah. kind of can make sure you tactically is the right time to do oh, it you don't want to play you lose lost you you lost cards early because then you're screwed aren't you you're you've always uh, got options though you don't there's, yeah. there's very rare when you get a situation where you're gonna have to play something that you're gonna have to lose because there's always options where you don't lose the card mm. always mm. yeah i mean they have the basic ability yeah you have two yeah to you. yeah um, so yeah if you don't want to you can always do that yeah yeah it's a it, it was a great game i mean it's a game that I mean, so um, so often as modern board gamers, there's always the uh, desire to move on to the next thing. You know, have have a, have one game, then move on to the next hotness. Have another game, move on to the next one. Um, and there's not there's there's not really um, a culture uh, nowadays of really grokking a game. And by that I mean by understanding all the mechanisms to a subtle intimate degree mm -hmm. so that you can really strategize and really get your head in the game like we learn rules and we barely get games and then we're on to the next one you That's know true. what I mean right. we, you've got a large um, collection now this game is one of those games I think I could really really get invested in this game because it's not just a series of mechanisms all the mechanisms make sense it's deeply thematic it's I mean, it's one of those hybrid games. We were talking about hybrids in uh, um, the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like one of the best hybrids out there. It's it's absolutely amazing. You it's play really, for really hours, good. and then you're thinking, oh, when are we going to play again? When's the next game? Because as much as you played for hours, you're thinking, oh, I want to do the next scenario now. I saw a thread on BGG about 
uh, a group of people saying, Gloomhaven's invading my dreams. <laughs> That's like, probably going to happen. Oh my God, it happened to you too. What's happening to us? <laughs> I think, I mean, it must be the gloom. That's the point. Yeah. Really, you should stop playing. It, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like you and where were you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that, that probably has invaded yeah. your dreams also. Yeah. No, actually not my dreams. But see, <laughs> you, you brought it up, draw a comparison. World of Warcraft, you've got to invest time in it. Mm. If you want to mm. level your character up, you want to go and do the harder aspects of the game. Um, I mean, I won't touch on it much because obviously... It's a computer game, not a board game. It's all right. But there's a lot. You've got to invest a lot of time to get better gear, so you can go and do harder things. Mm. I think Gloomhaven is going to be the same. Yeah. You've got to invest the time. Yeah. If you're one of these people that will play something two or three times and then move on to the next, you're it's not going to get your money's worth. Yeah. Something simple. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I mean, of the investment, it's it's you're not going to get your money's worth. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. How many scenarios in total are there? Well, there's over 95. It's gone up because um, Isaac Childress actually released a number of scenarios post first uh, first edition Kickstarter, and that bumps the number up. So, like maybe in the hundreds, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you you want to get the most out of it. You're gonna have to invest the time. Mm -hmm. As a group, you've got to get a, a good group together mm. to to play and keep keep one person playing this one character yeah. all do you the time. Know, do you know what the saddest thing it? about it is? The the way the game's designed, the, the only sad thing is you get attached to your character and then after so many missions, they have to retire and you have to choose another oh, character. Oh, but that's so... That's, that's one of my favourite parts of it. <laughs> Everyone has attached. their life goal. Everyone has I a life goal character. that you do, uh, and you've got you've some kind of goal to achieve. And then at I'll the end of it, sad when he retires. At the end of it, you retire, and you open up an envelope, and in that envelope, it opens up different options in the game, different choices. It may be. Uh, we, don't know, well, we don't we know what they are. We don't know what they are. We don't know, but what, you know, I can only imagine. And and also, there's different characters in there. So, um, what I I, what I've also heard is that your retired character may crop up later on in the game. That's cool. You know, so he'll kind of just poke poke his head through or like, you know, appear and, you know, just a little cameo appearance. That is so cool. That's just a nice little thematic touch that makes the game all the more immersive. I'll still be so I, I can imagine it now. I'm going to play with this Inox Brew. I'm going to get him massively levelled up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be at the top of his game and I'm going to fulfil the, the quest that will... Oh, you've got to go and retire now. And then we're going to have a little cry. And then, <laughs> and then a few scenarios later, when I've got a really weak character again. We'll have to have a few ales and just cry away. Uh, he's no, going to turn no. up. No, no, there's more He's going to turn up as the boss in the backside. Oh. Oh. <laughs> At the level that he was when, I, when he retired. Thanks for getting the staff of Magnus for me. I'll be taking you <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all all this good gear that you've got for him, all this experience you've got, so he's levelled up and he's you called it. Tough as nails. That's gonna happen. That <laughs> is gonna when, happen. When, when it, it happens, we'll tell you. Or all our characters who've retired come back 
and fight us as a team. Oh, and no. it's like shadow characters that we oh, need to, like no. Legend of Zelda, you know, like. <laughs> I don't know how to simulate that. Which is all speculation because we. So the more we level them up, the more we've got to deal with. So early on, this is all speculation. It's all speculation, no spoilers. It's like kind of when I guessed about um, the Force Awakens. And yeah, I was going to post, a, was gonna post a, a, a troll status on Facebook, was, even though I hadn't seen the film, like for saying, oh, I've seen an advanced screen and this happens. And it actually happened in the film. So he was very glad when he didn't post <laughs> it like, because he would have had backlash. dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Gloomhaven, we had so much fun. Such a good we game. We wholeheartedly recommend it. Definitely. Yeah, Best always. dungeon crawler yeah, out there, hands just down. Just switched to, I don't know if it's number one yet because I've, only played once. Could be. Um, For me, it could be. I think I think it's gonna get there. Oh, um, it could be very as, well as I play more and more. And well, I think you're gonna be playing it more, Bastion, because when I mean, you did name your character, yeah. I did. <laughs> I did yeah, name it. Yeah. We've got a team name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all invested. We wrote everything down. We're in deep. We're in deep, man. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, when we finished that first, well, it wasn't the first um, scenario that we played, but when we finished our first, my first game, I just wanted to kind of. What's next? Like, play oh, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. message me. You're going yeah. like, when are we going to play, play again? again right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play again, see what else is down yeah. there. Because at the end, look, when you level up, you you get new cards. I think yeah. maybe one per level. Yeah, yeah. You can also and you stick stickers on your cards well. to right. actually modify the cards. As yeah, you, you can change yeah. your... Well, each character and monster has modified deck when you attack mm. or when they attack and this can also be modified as you level up mm. um, and you can you can actually make donations to the great oak charity or something uh, I, I didn't tell you about this um no, you can do, make this. a donation to the great oak charity and it gives you like two blessing cards okay so you can make a donation of 10 gold right and this is this is in the rules so it's no spoilers but um if you make 10 donations you donate 100 gold you open up an envelope from the, the Great Oak. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. We could do yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Is it collectively? <laughs> Unless you yeah. saved his okay. gold. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. There might be one yeah. thing to do with it. I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, it is nice, yeah. And um, there's loads of little things. I mean, oh, yeah, prosperity in the town. It drops your prices. Right. And it affects your game. So, like, we didn't play with the road card and the city card. But as a team, we have to make a choice. And that choice will affect the game going forward for the rest of the game. We have to take cards out. We have to. You know, it really affects the game, so okay. it's massive. Um, I mean, you mentioned this this envelope that you open doing some donations, hmm. but as each character retired, they had a, a secret objective, yeah. which also opens another envelope. Yeah, and, there's I mean, loads and loads of secret envelopes. Yeah. That's right, and you don't know what it is. I'm guessing there's nothing mentioned in the rules no. about that. No. Um, so it's kind of, and that's kind of one of part of the of this game of yeah. why you want to play you don't know where you're so going so many things that you don't know about yeah and it's it lo really loads of characters like you're exploring. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I don't, I've never seen the characters I mean I've kudos to the, the community because they haven't posted pictures of these characters I don't think that I've seen anyway you'd have to go and, out looking for yeah, them yeah yeah but I, I haven't seen any of the new characters that you know will come up you know I'm just really excited. That's brilliant. It's yes. really excited. Yeah, okay, so that's Gloomhaven. I just can't recommend it enough. Brilliant. Go ahead and uh, back the... Is the Kickstarter ended yet? Yeah, Kickstarter finished. Yeah, I think I got the upgraded components. They're going to do another the one. First, They're almost um, certainly going to do another one. The few websites, yeah. I take pre-orders. So oh, okay. I think it's going to okay. go to retail. Um, I think it's going to be yeah. the same as the first print. Yeah. You're going to have some that are going straight to retailers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's going to be massively oversubscribed again. Again, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah... Ryan's backed for the 
second edition of the rules mm. and the the dials which opponents that are in the second edition but not in the first yeah mm. um i've gone for the the whole lot <laughs> i've gone i've gone for the core game um which will be the, well it's not really a second edition it's a second print but what they've done is they've tweaked it because they found um bits and pieces that could be improved so they've improved them and they've done basically add-ons for those that backed it the first time that they can get to basically make it into the second print um it's nice giving people that opportunity mm. that uh, originally backed it it is it is so they're not missing out yeah kudos to it isaac that and there's the 17 job. i think it is solo scenarios yeah. there, which, yeah. are, which are in box I think for the second time or just as an add on I can't remember mm. which mm. but even then mm. those that had it the first time around have got the opportunity to get those yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah, opportunity really good. Uh, but yeah get it it's brilliant um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were, we're, I want to talk about the UK Games Expo uh, so we've been a few years running now um, I think it's the third year third year isn't it um, yeah. it's, so it's a bit third year for me as well Told oh, you. Well, there we go. <laughs> and usually we go together or meet up there and stuff like that, yeah. you know. Um, so um, there is a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so first of all, I just want to talk about some of the upcoming games that you could probably demo there or possibly buy some of them. Um, so first game on the list, let's jump straight into it. First Martians Adventures on the Red Planet by Ignacy Trevacek. The big game. <laughs> the big game, the big game. So I think that's going to be available to buy there. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Yeah, but it's definitely going to be there to demo, if not to buy. Um, so where can we find that? Okay. It's by Portal Games. Okay, so if you look for Portal Games in the UK Games Expo, obviously it'll be there. Um, so anyone played Robin Robinson Crusoe, which is it's a re... A reiteration of Robinson, re-implementation of Robinson nope. Crusoe. Never played it. I I own it. I bought the second print. Yeah. Uh, and I think they actually they timed that quite well. The second print mm. came kind of as the as first mention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd already heard about Robinson Crusoe. Second print came in, and I thought, oh, hold on, I'll look in, a little bit into that. And mm. I just like cooperative games generally. Yeah. I yeah. like solving puzzles and yeah. the theme. It, it um, is very this, much like that Robinson Crusoe is, yeah. definitely. I mean, I'm guessing it's obviously very different because this time we're on Mars mm. trying mm. to survive, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've also done some new bits to it with kind of the introduction of the, the app uh, for the events mm. and these sort of things. Which uh, I think it's a similar good. mechanic as in Robinson Crusoe where you draw c event cards and you mm. kind of hide part of it yeah. and you decide whether what what you do and they may come back later come and back I think now the yeah. app manages yeah. that for make you make it better yeah that's It'll great be because smoother. it because there's going to be like a, 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 a well ho a, a, um, hopefully there's going to be a constant update of uh, you know app uh, cards you know that, that play in the game um, so that's something to really look forward to yeah, yeah. so that's I, uh, 
Yeah. Definitely want to try that. Yeah, yes. I do as well. <laughs> Robinson Crusoe is an amazing it's game. It's one of the best co-op games out there, Robinson really Crusoe, good. and it's so difficult. It's, it's kind of... It, it's so it is, difficult. It's, it's, it's such yeah. a challenge. Crushing the, it's like ghost stories hard, isn't it? It's really hard. I mean, I've must have been a first scenario, and I kind of know the puzzle. And even then... Even when you know what really, you're supposed to no, be doing and what, no, what the best not going, not going strategies to, no, are, no, nothing no, is guaranteed no. in that game. Good, good game. Very immersive as well. It's so one of those... So hopefully this will be... Like this as well. Yeah, more more of the same. Goodness. More of the same, but on Mars. <laughs> so next on the list, uh, we have uh, Near and Far by Ryan Lockett. Mm. Uh, so, um, what were your thoughts on Above and Below? Because I backed the Above and Below Kickstarter. Um, I, I I played Above and Below. Yeah, yeah. I uh, really like the way it kind of. It, it's very. Um, I don't know if you played the game. Uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, which is a story story based game. No, um, I think it did well in kind of merging kind of Euro elements where you kind of building your village, you know, um, and then you kind of going exploring under the caves and having adventures. So you've got the book with all the different passages in, right. like Tales of the Arabian exactly, Nights, yeah. but you've got much more of a game than Tales of the Arabian Nights. I love Tales of the Arabian Nights. The story is amazing, but other than moving around to try and get to this person you've married or whatever else for secret points. There's not a whole lot of game to no, it's it's random amazing. As all hell, but I, I, it's I love playing it, but it's more of a, a funny story than a game. Yeah, yeah, it's an experience, Whereas, isn't it? Above and below, there's definitely much but, more of a game. To I it. mean, with above and below, you've got that choice of. I know we're going to talk about near and far in a minute. Just quickly touch on above and below. I won't go too much off on a tangent. Um, but you've got that euro aspect that you can just and you can just ignore. Uh, the look, the look-based kind of exploring altogether, which you know, I mean, you miss out on a bit of the story, but you've got that option. You can either, okay, I'm going to be very efficient in my little village, or I can kind of just go balls to the wall and just see what happens and like, delve into the cave and you know, kind of like destroy some witch or befriend some witch or meet a frog and kiss it or whatever <laughs> and see what happens see what you get see what resources you get um i think a lot of the more valuable resources are down in the the dungeon as well um anyway so talking about near and far i think it's obviously set, it's red raven games it's so red it's raven games designer, ryan lockett so ryan, ryan lockett does all his he does all his artwork does all his game mechanisms does all the design for the games um publishes the game himself He's an auteur. He uh, so near and far will be like a legacy version, uh, from what I can gather, of Above and Below. So you're going through the game, and you've got kind of uh, it's kind of story driven. You've got a map, I think, um, and it progresses. So it's kind of a legacy version of Above and Below, if you like, from what I can gather. Uh, so yeah, here's the pictures. Have a good, have a look, guys. See what you think. So we've got some of the artwork there. And uh, we've got the board here. So, yeah, we've got like a storybook that opens up and acts, and that acts as the map by, by the looks of it. Look, the kind of these tiles here are very reminiscent of Above and Below the, the artwork. It's very, are very, very yeah. above and, and you've got the resources here. As well as being Ryan Lockett's general mm. style. So what, what was your thoughts on, on uh, well, Above Well, I only play Above and Below once. Um, and I mixed feeling about it for yeah. some reason. I mean, mm. I, re I really enjoyed. For some reason, I managed to get um, as as we play towards the end of the game. I managed to get more and more kind of people playing. So I, I get to do. I, I remember my last run. I think I did. I think just yeah, five 
actions really and I managed to get maybe eight or something like that at mm. the end and I ended up exploring more and more and more and more because mm. I found it interesting but the rest I didn't find that interesting you mm. see mm. and I, I watched a quick video of Neon Far the other day and it felt like there was the story was still there like that, so the part that I really enjoyed in Above and Below was still mm. there but it felt like each of the actions was more meaningful and more interesting Oh, right, from okay. from my memory of above and below, which is probably a year ago, yeah, yeah, uh, we played that. Um, the board game. So was... I feel a lot more attracted to Neon Far, and mm. obviously my blurry memory of above and below. Well, if it's anything like above and below, Ryan Lockett releases his Kickstarter versions at expos in limited quantities, so there may be a chance to catch the Kickstarter if you missed it uh, at. The expo. I mean, I can't make any promises, obviously, because I haven't got any insider knowledge. We don't know him. We don't know what <laughs> no, he's no, going to no be doing. But if you're lucky enough, maybe you'll get a, a Kickstarter copy with all the uh, the extras. Uh, so it does look amazing, as always. Okay. His artwork. So that's going to really be one good. that we're going to look out for yeah. near and far. Yeah. I will be going there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So okay, let's move on then. So next on the list we have uh, Magic Maze. Oh, this is the one that's also on the Spirit so, of Zero, yeah. isn't Magic it? Magic Maze was one of the, the other games that was nominated for the family division of uh, Spiel de Jour. Um, I had my eye on this one. It's quite an inexpensive game, actually. I think it's something like £18. It was released in limited quantities a while ago. Uh, I mean, a few weeks ago. And it instantly sold out. So hopefully they'll have some at the, at the con, you know. Um, from what I can understand, you're going through a mall and you're, yeah, you're kind of uh, gen like generic fantasy uh, characters going through a mall and um, I can't really remember the mechanisms very much, but here's the game, what do you, there you go. It's kind of a tile game and uh, something to do with directions, who knows. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Swiftly just, moving on. Anyway, but it's one that I've heard very good things about, so it's one that I really want to check out. That's Magic Maze by uh, designer... Where's the designer? Casper Lapp. And that's going to be found on D4 at the Expo. So it's D4 and that'd be Speg uh, Pegasus Spiel and Sit Down Games. Okay? Well, looking at it, it, it could be a game that... Um it looks small, could, the playtime's tiny. Yeah, could be worth having a look at. Mm. Um, mm. Again, playtime, it says 3 to 15 minutes. I think 3 minutes is a bit well, bit uh, optimistic. I mean, I don't know it, but... Maybe I don't it's something that shortens the game, I don't I, know. I well, I've not come across a game that plays in 3 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> good, good old Tom Vassell said it was one of the games of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this looks like another quick definitely filler look thing. into it because uh, usually kind of his tastes coincide, you know, like. A, and that's on the spill jar as more. well. It's another thing that clearly is like a, a filler thing with an eight plus yeah. sort of age. Okay, so moving on, we have Gloom of Killforth, a fantasy quest game. So from what I can see, um, what I've what I've this seen is, is this is a uh, a fantasy game, uh, but it's card based. Um, so we'll just bring up some pictures, see what you guys think. Uh, by the way, the artwork in this is amazing. It's by Anna um, Krichkowska. I've probably murdered that name, but uh, anyway, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but the artwork, look at the artwork. Beautiful. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, bring up some of the the, um, the backdrops there. Look at this. Look at the artwork. Yeah. 
Really nice. That's the sort of artwork you'd, you'd expect to see um, on book covers of <laughs> fantasy games. Yeah, like kind of fantasy like books. Alan Lee, Lord of the Rings, like in uh, uh, yeah. John Howe. John Howe, yeah. Which, actually, you know John Howe, the artist. He is the artist on the new game Ethnos. Oh really? Cool. Yeah, the, by Cool Me Not. Um, so it's very decisive artwork that I, I personally love it, but some people have. Uh... Okay, so moving on, we've got the uh, the City of Kings. This is another uh, kind of dungeon crawl type of game. Uh, this time it's more tile based. So um, I think this is the one. Let me just check. Yeah, this is the one that's kind of tile based. So you're laying out tiles and exploring a kingdom. And there's a tremendous amount of buzz about this. I know. Uh, yeah, I think people have just received a oh, Kickstarter pledge oh, right, okay. and started playing it, and yeah. I think it'll be available for sale at yeah. the expo. I've heard it's available for sale at the expo, so uh, I don't know if we've got the uh, the information for where it will be available. Um, let's see here. We've got uh, it's the City of Games stand, and that will be at C3 at the expo for those that are interested. Uh, again, looks like the artwork's you know spot on. And it's kind of like got that tile laying aspect where you're exploring through the kingdom. So it could be a lot of fun. I might check that out. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, here's the thing Gloomhaven. <laughs> but still, it's, it's always worth having a look at these things when the art looks something that's else. It. It's gonna, yeah. So yeah. All, all good it's artwork. It's strong competition, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yes, anyway. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, again, no dice <laughs> chucking, which is uh, a lot of people don't like dice. Yeah. So that'd be I thought there was dice in City No, no dice, no? apparently. Really? Um, I hate dice again, chucking. Again, customise your character, mm. work together, kind of strategy. 10 million unique battle wow. situations, wow. supposedly. Okay, uh, I don't know good. how that works, but <laughs> it's a big number. <laughs> it looks good. It certainly yeah. looks good. Okay, moving on to the next game. We have uh, Subterra. Uh, this is another tile uh, placement game uh, where you were exploring um, subterranean cave, I believe. Um, I think it's a co-op, is it? It's, it's co-op, yeah. I didn't mm -hmm. back to this game, actually. Um, All right. Yeah, it is co-op. It's, it's, it's quite a light little game where basically random events would occur as you, as you explore the cave. You start, I think, only a single tile mm -hmm. together and then you decide which direction you want to go. I can't remember how you win. I think you have to go through the whole deck. Mm -hmm. uh, I could be wrong there, don't quote me on that. Mm. Um, but random event, okay, um, and you're going to be tempted to split. Oh no, you have to find things, I think. Mm. So you're going to be tempted to split, but at the same time you need to stay together to heal or something like that. Mm. Um, this light family game. Right, right. Um, but I, I do want to go and check it out. It, it looks really interesting, isn't it? It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I like that exploration aspect, yes. you know, Definitely that's, uh, that really like appeals to me. Exploration yeah. based, looking at it. It looks yeah. a little bit like that game, The Cave, by the yes. designer of K2. Um, I hope it's a little bit better hope, than The I Cave. I hope we enjoy it better than The Cave, because uh, that didn't wasn't go too, our cup of tea. It didn't go down too well for us, did it, The Cave? No, no I didn't it, enjoy it. put it mildly. Okay, anyway, uh, moving on, um, we've got Carcosa. So uh, Carcosa is by uh, Nigel Kennington, the designer. Publisher is One Free Elephant, and it will be found at D20 at the Expo. Now, the thing that caught me with Carcosa, one of the things is the theme. So it's this kind of strange Lovecraftian landscape of Carcosa, and it's uh, another tile-laying game, but this is more, I think, a tableau-laying 
uh, from what I can gather. So everyone's, I think they've got the Tableau, that's from what I can gather from the pictures. I haven't really seen much about it, but it does look pretty good. Well, knowing you, Ryan, uh, if it's Lovecraftian, you'll be all over it. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Until you find out whether it's true. good or not. If yeah. it's good, you'll still be all over it. If not, you'll just trade it in for something else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm a big sucker for the Lovecraftian theme. And I look, but I mean, I love the, I love the stories. I love the, I love the lore. Um, yeah, it looks very good. Okay, moving on, we have Baron Park, which is a game by the designer Phil Walker Harding. And it's released by Lookout Games, Mayfair Games, uh, and it would be, it will be found at, at uh, the B2 stand at the Expo. So um, I saw a kind of playthrough of this. Has anyone heard of Baron Park? I saw the name. A couple mm. of days ago, I did not look any further, so I don't nothing. Know. <laughs> it seems quite a bit like King Domino. Um, so you kind of have a, a kind of ta a, a stock of tiles that you can grab, and you're building a bear park. And uh, you, it's a little bit like um, patchwork or uh, cottage garden kind of? or uh, super mother load, where you place the tile in an area. And you cover up a certain thing. What's the other game by Uwe Rosenberg, Feast for Odin, Feast where you cover up a little certain thing and you get that action from it. Um, but you know, like kind of, it's a tile placement. You get points for laying the tiles in a certain area. Um, rather than King Domino with the straight tiles, you get these Tetris pieces that fit together. So there's a little bit more of a of a of a kind of uh, area aspect where you're kind of trying to fit together your areas and uh, there's all sorts of pandas I think so you got like kind of the um... bears you mean there's all sorts of bears no bears you got pandas you got the brown bears you got the I think you maybe have polar bears there that would be cool yeah anyway all all the bears <laughs> bear and park Baron Park, Bear and Park, oh, anyway. Wow, um, all of the bears. Okay, so um, next game that we here have that we want to check out is Pyramid of the Sun by Frederick Moyers-Sohen. I think I've maybe butchered that again, uh, that name. So it's the publisher is Strawberry Studio. Um, so if you look to Strawberry Studio at the expo, uh, you'll be able to find the game. Okay, so uh, look at the artwork on this, isn't it amazing? It really looks like uh, like a great a great cover. <laughs> I don't know much about the game, um, but uh, I've heard. Indeed, it's not it's not got a rating on BGG no. yet because. But I've heard some good things about. It. I know Z Garcia of the Dice Tower is uh, looking forward to this one, and from what he what he says about the game, um, looks quite interesting. Um, all we've got is the cover. There's not much images there. But anyway, Pyramid of, the, Pyramid of the Sun is one we're going to check out. Next on the list, we have Alien Artifacts by Portal Games. Uh, this is a game that, again, we've maybe got to take it with a pinch of salt. They said the playing time is 60 minutes and it's a 4x space exploration game. So, yes. can that be done in 60 can minutes? Can it be done in 60 minutes? A 4x space game in 60 minutes? Mm. It's a card game, who knows, maybe. I don't know what you're going to get, really. <laughs> I mean, it's why Could it's you fit that experience into 60 minutes? So it's 15 minutes per player. Mm. Um, it's quite short. Four player game. But, 
I don't know. Mm. I'd have to see it, really. I'd, here's I'd... the here's the board here. Well, it's not a board. It's a it's series card, of cards. It's a card yeah, game. It's but um, well, I haven't heard of it, but I it, will definitely go yeah. have a look now. I mean, Paul, that, just that statement of four player within in an hour for four games so is Port, impressive. Portal Games, same same uh, you know company. There's uh, Robinson Crusoe yeah. and uh, Cry Havoc. You know, so there's a lot of good. They rarely miss Portal Games, so I'm very tempted to uh, pick up that. So that's Alien Artifacts by Portal Games. Next on the list, we have Super Hot Card Game by Manuel yes. Correa. Carrera. Yes. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, we know him, didn't we? We uh, he had we had we had the um, we we're fortunate enough to uh, play Multi Universum and get our copy signed last year. Thanks to the lovely Ian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks Ian. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah basically, um, a group of friends I've got and some family down in Bedford, they were there because they go every year as well. And I met up with them last year. And one of their guys, he bought this game called Multi Universum. And so, come towards the end of the day, after the expo had actually finished, we were sitting at the Hilton. Oh, let's play a game. And he pulled this out of his bag and he started explaining, he was going through the rules, explaining to us because none of us had seen it before. And we'd started setting it out and this guy just walked past the table, stopped, turned around, came back and he said, oh, you're playing my game. <laughs> and it turned out to be Manuel. He devised it, he got it made, uh, he'd gone to a publisher, the publisher made it. It's the same publisher for this, it's Boards and Dice, I think. Yeah, and instead of just saying, well, thanks for buying it, he actually sat down and spent the entire game with us, explaining how to <laughs> play it. He didn't play it himself. Yeah. He let us play it, but mm -hmm. he was sitting there, explained the rules to us, yeah. went through it with us, so we, we played it properly, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't mm -hmm. get anything wrong. And at the end of the, end of the time... It, he was talking and he sat down for another about hour and a half mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in total playing it and chatting afterwards talking to us all yeah he was a really affable chap wasn't he really yeah. really friendly guy I mean I had the pleasure of playing with him uh, when we were playing me and Rach and um, a little anecdote actually I was sat at the table playing multi-universum with Manuel um, and uh, Eric Lang walked past so I said, hey, Eric, you know, like oh, I've been and I didn't know what to say. You know, when you meet someone that you've been meaning to meet for ages, you know, and you, you get tongue tied, don't you? So I said, uh, oh, I've been looking for you everywhere. And he's <laughs> like, who are, who are you? <laughs> so I didn't know what to say. So I was like, and I was just lying back trying to look casual. Like, hey, Eric, I've been looking for you. Like some kind of gangster. <laughs> And he's going, uh, okay. But he was really friendly. He was saying, oh, yeah, well, I'm usually around the expo. And he's saying, um, and I think he comes to UK Games Expo quite a bit. It's not his first time mm, there. So he was super, super friendly. I had a little friendly chat with him. Um, and Manuel actually uh, started to talk to him. And I saw them, uh, he kind of went up to Eric Lang when he went to order a drink. And he's saying, like, uh, Manuel was saying like kind of oh you know you were my hero could I take your number and stuff like that so you know if it wasn't for me Manuel no. wouldn't maybe <laughs> well, he may have walked past may have not crossed paths you never know hey, yeah, but if it wasn't for me you wouldn't have had a side copy this is true <laughs> we would never have met Manuel at that's all true. probably that's true I'll be named yeah. now it's all, it's all uh, serendipity if it wasn't, it wasn't for me none of the things would have happened <laughs> 
cool. No, actually, it, was, it wasn't actually down to me, it was down, originally down to um, one of the guys buying it and started playing it, literally as, as Manuel started walk past the table. Yeah. So, and what he actually did, as he, as he was chatting, he actually took the box lid and a pen out of his bag, and he wrote a little note and signed his yeah. copy. Um, out of the basically five of us that were playing it, one had already bought it, and he sold basically he sold another three copies of it, mm -hmm. and there just five people that were sitting around the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the stalls, the retailer stalls, had actually got it. Yeah. By the Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. But I waited. And I actually got it from the stall he was on, and I waited, and I got him to sign it. Right. So he signed mine as well. Uh, well, I mean, there's been a lot of buzz about this game. Um, so this is his latest. Yeah, game, super though. hot card yeah. game. Uh, there's been. Uh, by the way, if you want to uh, get it at the expo, it's going to be at stand H two, H two. Okay, and it's a micro deck builder uh, based on Agent Decker. Use abilities and items to deal with increasing threats. Threats you eliminate are added to your hand, giving you improved abilities. Um, okay. So uh, that's super hot card game. Look out for that one. Actually, Brian, if just looking at it, um, I think there's actually a computer game called the same. Oh, yeah. The bullet identical. Is it that bullet time thing? I think so. Yes. So the, I mean, I, I watched a video of how that plays, and basically you. I think there's four different you slow down, don't you? That, uh, so You're going four, bullet time. Four play modes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch a solo play where you have your own deck and then there's kind of a, a world deck and, yeah, there's going to be... Enemies are going to be popping in, potentially shooting at you. Yeah. Uh, and when they shoot at you, I think that you add the bullet into your deck for later on. But then kind of enemies that you defeat will then come into your deck on the next round mm. and things that you kind of avoid it no the things that you avoid it oh anyway mm. <laughs> it's a bit funny how it plays but things that are going to come into your deck and things are going to be staying there you kind of get to decide a little bit yeah and then you switch the deck and you play with the other deck mm -hmm. um but yeah it's yeah you basically try to dodge bullets um you can hide behind pillars you can flip tables it looks very interesting um, we're definitely gonna have to yeah, check that cool. one out Really good. And another one from Board and Dice, is it Board and Dice Games, is uh, Pocket Mars. So uh, we don't really know much about that, but it looks kind of a little similar to Multi-Universe. I mean, it's yeah, not the same designer, but it looks like it kind of may play a little similar. Okay, now moving on, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about the events at the, uh, the Expo. Um, now, we've got the Dark Room, which I'm really excited to try out. I didn't yeah, try it out we last time. Done it and we've got Nightmare but, Live. But if everyone if anyone remembers Nightmare, you know, it's big it was a big part of my childhood. Uh, I'm super excited to see that Trey Guard, the Dungeon Master and so on forth. If it really is real Trey Guard. With the Dark Room though, we, we, we haven't been we haven't experienced it. But I know Ian has. Yeah. I was just I'm about to. Yeah, we were sat yeah, next yeah. to each other so last year. What, so, what, so what do you guys think about that? Should we go and, and check that out? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. you should. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, I went twice, so two years ago, with Kate, my partner, who absolutely adores it, uh, and last year again. And I don't think we'll be going this year because I'll have the kids with me. So for the um, listeners unfamiliar with the format, what happens at the beginning? You're in a dark room, is that right? I don't think you can spoil it too much. No, no, just the premise. Like, you know, just... It's kind of, well, basically, um, John Robertson is a comedian, 
he's Australian. I don't think that matters, but he is. <laughs> it <laughs> and, does matter. Um, <laughs> the room does go dark. And there will be darkness. There will be darkness. <laughs> you probably yeah, can't yeah, say yeah. much more about it, I don't and think. If you go back to the really, really early days of text-based adventure games, yeah. that's where he goes. Mm. Yeah. Um, that sounds really cool. He, he gives you... He, he picks somebody out of the audience, so it's interactive. He picks somebody out of the audience, and he will give them a name. I'm not going to put too much of a spoiler in it. Mm-hmm. Everybody is called this. And he starts it off, and you get four options on the screen. Mm-hmm. And to do it, spoiler anymore. Mm-hmm. And you choose an option, and then you get to choose another option, etc. Et I saw a clip of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I really want to. Just, yeah. just live gaming into Hasn't he got right like in. a suit on? He's got a suit with weird lights like and like sort of things. Sci fi yeah. so suit. Sounds cool. Creepy boy. Yeah. The, the, like lit up with all neon lights yeah. everywhere. Yeah. The, the second year, um, he got a suit on like, with neon lights on it. The first year, um, basically, he was just wearing his normal clothes. Mm. But literally, then the room was literally pitch black. Mm. The only <laughs> sign of illumination mm. was the big screen showing the various options. Various options. And most of that was black. <laughs> and he had actually one light, which he wore around his neck. And it just and it fat up onto his oh, face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what you see on the T-shirts. Yeah, the T-shirts. I've the T-shirts. Yeah. 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 Um, one thing I would say, though, um, don't take young kids. <laughs> so, on that note... <laughs> you can find out the times that it's going on on the website, though, can't you? Yeah, it's going on, I think it's like three times mm. a day on Saturday. Oh, so okay, yeah. Yeah, I think you get one in the morning. How much is it? What's the price? I think it's £4, £4 this year. £4 pounds yeah. a show. Oh, that's I good. That's good. But, I mean, if you can, I think, is it Thursday today? Wednesday. Wednesday. Right, the, I think you can still buy them online today, and I think it ends tomorrow. Okay, let's do it now. Um, <laughs> let's do it now. But yeah, buy them early because they <laughs> yeah. sell like... Right, hotcakes. Hot, yes. Dark cakes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, cool. So, uh, look forward to seeing you at the Games Expo. Come up and say hi if you recognise any of us. Oh, yeah, through, through the one one picture of us. On the <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get the super fans, you know. Oh, yeah. My name's pretty unique. You can find me. That's true. Yeah, they're, they're That's we're all on yeah, the, yeah. Um, the on on the the board game group uh, website, the board game nights Wolverhampton mm-hmm. website. We're all on there. Yeah, so yeah, come up and say hi. We're a friendly lot. So that just about wraps up another episode of Board Game Nexus podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned for more to come.